0: Happy New Year, Matrix members. I'm so excited to walk along with you during this new year of 2023. My family has blessed me and has gotten me some upgrades with equipment. I ask you to bear with me for these next few episodes. I warn you, the audio quality is hazy, but I feel in my heart that the messages and the wisdom within the next few episodes are worth listening to. Enjoy the show. And feel free to tell me what topics you're interested in learning about this year. With love, your host, Sam Aiko. Enjoy the show. Chronic disease and obesity has run rampant in the United States. According to the CDC, 6 out of 10 adults in the U.S. have a chronic disease, and 4 out of 10 have 2 chronic diseases or more. Nationally, 40.9% of Americans are considered overweight. Our guest, Dr. Amanda Atkins will empower us by teaching us how, what role our diet has within chronic disease and obesity. Dr. Amanda Atkins is a board certified internal medicine physician, health and wellness and CEO owner of Enlightenment Health and Wealth. She helps women who are overweight prevent possible chronic disease and reverse chronic disease, such as diabetes, heart disease, high blood pressure, She is passionate about this topic because she has her own history with obesity and her family history of heart disease, diabetes, and cancer. On her journey, she has learned that food is the best medicine. Follow our show and bookmark our podcast so you don't miss out on our fantastic Matrix Mentors. It's amazing to meet you, Dr. Amanda. Where are you from?
1: I am actually originally from um, a city called Anderson, Indiana. Uh, Currently, I live in the Bay Area of California. Yes, so um, I am out to help women who are overweight, prevent and reverse chronic diseases, like you said, um, because I have my own story of being um, obese as a teenager. So my story started back when I was in high school. And stepped on the scale during a um, gym class and weighed 199 pounds. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I actually weighed this much as a 14-year-old. And um, uh, a lot of ladies probably can relate to this. You're very self-conscious while you're in high school. And uh, that made me kind of shy away even more from you know being bought there. Um, but I was like, I'm not going to let this stop me. Um, I'm going to uh, do what I can to take control of my weight and never let the two be the first number of my weight. And, uh, so I started exercising, um, and I was like, okay, what can I do? And then at the age of 14, um, at the age of 16, I, I should say, um, I became a vegetarian. Um, and changing um, eating meat, Um, and that was unusual coming from, you know, a place, Anderson, Indiana, uh, where my dad was a meat delivery truck driver, and all we usually would eat would be like hot dogs, bacon, sausage, bologna um, growing up, and so people are like, how in the world are you going to go from eating that to eating like a vegetarian? (laughs) So uh, so that that's where my journey started. And from that day at the 16 year old, I have not eaten meat um, to this day. So that's been several decades now.
0: (laughs) What are some changes that you felt when you when you started changing your diet? Uh,
1: The number one thing was the weight um, weight loss. So um, that was so inspiring to me because I was like, oh, my gosh, just like actually works if I um, eat healthy food. Um, I also notice, uh, more energy. Um, I'm a person that loves to sleep. Um, I tell people I still like to take naps, but I still have more energy. I'm not dragging throughout the day. Um, and I, I feel like I have better mental clarity, um, where I'm able to actually, you know, think more on the spot, which, you know, as a physician, you definitely want, right. <laughs> um, uh, and, uh, yeah, just, uh, mainly, mainly those things, um, and uh, my digestive system is better. Um, people ask about that. Um, I usually don't have any trouble with, you know, just things flowing through and uh, makes me want to actually help others more.
0: That's very inspiring. Uh, Cause most
1: yeah. of us are just dragging sandbagging through the day. <laughs> that's what I see and that's what I hear. And I'm like, no because I, I, I've i seen so much change um, with that because like I said that's what I used to do and drag through the day and like I remember driving home like from work or something and I be like oh goodness I, I noticed because I used to be a Coca-Cola too that was another thing I didn't mention in my story and use that to like keep me awake um, but the healthier I became and like my eating habits I was like I, I don't need this extra caffeine I can I can make it and and not feel like, oh, if I don't hurry up and get home and take a nap, I'm not going to make it. <laughs> I love that you that
0: you have a, such a strong testimony. I'm sure it brings a lot of comfort to your clients that you can relate to them on this kind of level.
1: Yes, yes. Because a lot of people look at me now and, and just assume that this has always been my life and journey. And they're like thinking, oh, she has no idea, you know, what I go through. And um, it actually took one of my sorority sisters recently to remember for me to actually tell my story more because she was like, she saw a post that I did on Facebook and she was like, oh, I didn't know you were like me. Um, that's that kind of how she put it. I'm like, yeah, you know, why do you think I'm so passionate to help, help people um, that are overweight to actually um, change these things? Like, because I know how it feels. And even though you change on the outside, those inside feelings never always go completely away so you always have that um empathy and sympathy for others that are going through this
0: absolutely and personally like I'm going through like the reverse where I've always been like super athletic but now I'm like right in 160 and I'm 5'3 so I'm like and it's it's interesting how people the first thing that they I don't know if it's a cultural thing or if it's because I'm from New York um, but it's like every single time I see somebody, they always comment on my weight. And I'm like, when did this become a normal thing that the first thing that we say after we haven't seen someone for a long time is something like about their appearance instead of appreciating that you are reconnecting. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So yes, it, yes. It, it, I, I, very, I send my heart out and my empathy to people who are wanting to make a change or even people who are kind of tired of being treated a different way because of how they they look
1: right and, and that's what I try to emphasize to people more like even though that I started out because of my weight that's not what kept me going it was more of the the chronic illnesses that could actually occur in myself and in my patients and family and a lot of people when they first asked me they're like oh you know how can I lose weight and I'm like that that can be the main motivator and to, to keep you going because of like you can do a lot of things to lose weight but is it really going to be healthy um is it going to make you feel better overall about what you're doing to yourself and your body um so i don't i don't ever want to downplay um the weight because you know like i said that's like you said first thing people see and the thinking and want to mention um which makes you more self-conscious but when you know that you feel good on the inside as well as the outside, that makes a huge difference.
0: Absolutely. What was your experience like becoming an MD?
1: Ooh, that that was an experience. <laughs> that, that's a whole nother journey. Um the desire to become a physician started when I was in the sixth grade. And most times people are like, oh, you know, I want to help people and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, Well, in the sixth grade, you know, I wasn't really thinking about helping people. I just was like, this is amazing the way the body works. During um, health class, our teacher uh, had us mimic how the blood flowed through the body. So it was like a big heart on the ground. And again, this was like in the 80s. So they don't do things like this anymore. It's, everything is technology. So you wouldn't be able to do this. But um, he had everybody in the class stand up and we went um, and flowed like the blood through through the through the body. And I was like, the, the human body is amazing. I, I want to learn more about this and do this when I grow up. Um, there's no one um, in my immediate family or that I knew at the time that was in healthcare, no nurses, doctors or anything like that. It was just something I picked up on and i was like um studied about it um how uh, heart the heart worked and then once my grandfather saw that i had interest he actually introduced me to his cardiologist um and um he just kind of poured into me and you know told me you know you definitely can do it uh you know don't give up you know keep going um Little did I know at the time how hard it would be, but because he told me I could do it, it was like, of course, I'm gonna be a doctor. What do you mean? You know, it, it never was a doubt in my mind that I would make it um, at that time. But go, going through undergrad, um, organic chemistry, biochemistry, things like that, you you kind of start to second guess yourself, but then you go and like, no, this, this is what I want. I really enjoy this and I wanna learn more. Um, med school, again, was a different hurdle. Um, very, very difficult, (laughs) but uh, manageable, Um, and it is continued to be um, a lifelong learning. Uh, You continue to have to learn the new things that are going on, so it's never where you stop learning, and that's something they always want to make sure that you are dedicated to um, when you're interviewing for med school, that you would commit to being a lifelong learner, um, not just to have the knowledge, but to actually help the people that are in front of you, because we have to remember that It's just about the studies and the technology that these, these are people, human beings that are, you know, have families and have lives to live and um, really want to do what they can for their health. Um, And so you're obligated at that time to actually commit to that. And I mean, it's, it's been a hard journey, but well worth it. That's such a, yeah, I love your
0: enthusiasm and I could see the love that you have for what you do and the journey is beautiful and how you were inspired and six. And yeah, I love that. And your advice is, is beautiful because being a lifelong learner is super important. Like it doesn't end in, it's a never ending story, right? Like we sometimes we
1: think, I graduate, the hard work's over and then you get to the job and (laughs)
0: like keeps
1: going. Yeah, the hard, the hard work just began. You're actually done with school.
0: <laughs> I have a, a question. I see that you have so much compassion, and I could feel it from here. How do you feed your compassion? I recently spoke to, I spoke to a nurse yesterday. She told, taught me a new term. She said compassion exhaustion or compassion fatigue is a thing that, like, a lot of medical professionals, doctors go through. Do you ever experience that? And if you do, how do you, how do you remedy it?
1: Yes, I can say definitely um, since the COVID pandemic, it's like, sometimes you forget with the the stresses of the day um, because the way the healthcare system is now, it's like, oh, you have these, this exact time to spend with the patient, then you got to move on to the next one and you better not be running behind because then they'll, you know, say, why are you running behind? You better make sure your notes are in on time. You better make sure your bill on time. So it's all those other things that you didn't necessarily know that you were getting to when you got into healthcare that make it more um, stressful, and that you sometimes the feeling of the person in front of you, right? Um, And it took a patient, and uh, well, they actually both were my patients, but they were coming in um, as for for the husband, and they were like, you know, why aren't you smiling? You know, you seem so down when you come in, and Sometimes you don't think about that when you're going into a patient's room that they actually can see and feel that um, you're not all the way there with them. And um, it took it took me aback. I'm like, oh, why do you care if I'm smiling? Like you are just here for healthcare, you know? And this was like, I would say after at least me um, being in, in practice for seven or eight years, right? Like this wasn't, you know, fresh out of, out of residency, it was like halfway through. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I have to remember that these are people in front of me, uh, just like it would be like my grandparents or my parents, and I would want them to be um, treated with utmost respect and come in and someone that really cares about them, that wants to see that their um, their health is important. Um, and now I just have to remember to take a deep breath. I've done some physician coaching that they actually walk with me. and it's like, that like, these are some of the things that you can do to um, help with your own self-care so my self-care to really um, still take care of myself but still take care of the patient um, because sometimes we also have the opposite to where we care so much that um, we're pouring ourselves into the patient um, and either one um, we know unfortunately that everyone will eventually pass away or two that that patient is not as sincere about their own health and you have uh, my actual physician coach said you have to have that professional compassion now to where you have it there you lay it all out but then you have to actually let it go when you leave so that way it doesn't weigh on yourself um and and that's something that I'm like definitely still working with because when I see the the stuff that comes across the screen that says um you know xyz has you know uh, expired that's the the word that they use when they send it there and it's just like you know it just kind of takes you out or someone comes in and they're like yeah you know I'm here again I didn't do anything you said and you know their numbers get worse and you're just like oh my gosh you know what else can you do but you you learn that this is the profession that you picked um and that you have to remember to do your own self-care um and do the things that you do to care for yourself and know that you can't um Change everyone, even though how much you would want to do that, or um, not everyone is um, going to accept your help. Um, and sometimes you just have to let that go. Um, but remember first that you you are a person too. You're a human being, and you have to care for yourself.
0: So your story of seeing your clients going through these things and like seeing that, I guess you you could see that a lot of it is like more of a discipline problem at that point when. You're trying to help them, their numbers keep going up. Is, is that something that inspired you to begin coaching?
1: So what inspired me to begin coaching is that um, people would say, oh, you know, I know I'm supposed to do this and I'm supposed to do that, but they didn't have the support that they needed. And like I already said, that we had the restraints of 15 to 20 minute office visits and to try to cram in everything that someone needed and the extra support and tools that they needed. Um, was not going to work in 15 minutes and it wasn't like I can say come back tomorrow because I had another full schedule tomorrow so I was like okay let's see what else I can do um, to give them more support outside the exam room so that's when I decided to do coaching because we can spend like 30 minutes to an hour you know once a week uh, when we do one-on-one coaching to give you more of the support that you need and people seem to like that a bit more I still do the the 20-minute office visits but for other clients, I can do the, the 30 minutes or hour-long uh, coaching sessions.
0: That's awesome that you offer that.
1: Can you tell us about the relationship between chronic
0: disease, obesity, and diet?
1: Oh, yes. So um, the top 10 causes of death um, in the U.S., seven of them are linked to nutrition. And what is number one? Heart disease. Um, and a lot of people... Um, feel like, well, because I have this family history that it doesn't matter what I do, I'm going to end up with it. Well, your genes are only a certain part of what can go on in your body. So um, heart disease and diabetes are not necessarily like 100% what we call autosomal dominant. So it doesn't mean just because you have the gene that you're going to develop the illness. No, there are certain things that you would do that actually either turn those genes on or turn those genes off. And a lot of it is the foods that we decide to eat. Now, unfortunately, in the day and time that we live in, it can also be related to the environment that we're in, whether it's uh, not having clean water or uh, the environment, the the air that we may breathe. But a lot of it is our food choices and the engineered food that we have. So if we think about what we go through in the grocery store, most of that is not food, (laughs) even though they say it's food. It's something that you could eat, but it's not really nutrient dense. It has no nutrients that our body needs. And so when we go through the the store and we see like a cheese puffs or uh flaming hot, a, 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 what was it a Cheetos or Doritos? And I'm using these examples because these are the foods that I would eat, right? Um, and if you look at it, it like has mostly just like sugar, salt, and fat, um, which is not necessary for our bodies. And so um, we are just storing the fat. and We're building up cholesterol in our arteries and therefore blocking the arteries. And that causes what? Um, Heart disease, diabetes, because we don't actually have our pancreas working correctly. Or we get kidney disease because we don't get the blood flow. Um, Or we get uh, dementia. And a lot of people don't relate dementia to nutrition, but more and more studies are coming out.
0: If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started
1: how it's related to nutrition because of the blood flow to the brain, right? So the blood has to flow everywhere, which goes back to my sixth grade story of how I loved how the blood flowed through the body. So if we don't get the blood flow and then also the nutrients that are in the blood, then we're going to have these illnesses. And we can think of it as really one continuous illness because um, we have one body and then certain things turn on, but it's linked to what we're, what we're eating um so we need those fruits and vegetables and whole grains so people always ask me so what am i supposed to eat if i don't eat those things that are in the middle of the owl but we go to the outside of the grocery store and those things that are leafy greens and you know our whole grains are those uh all those different color fruits and vegetables that we can take in and our body actually lo- knows how to use that and therefore our turn off those um, negative genes so we won't actually develop those illnesses
0: I love your answer it's so crisp and like powerful and I and I love that you said it's all like a manifestation of one disease because I, I was doing research and I noticed that like inflammation and cancer I could be a little off but I, well how I remember is c-reactive and e-reactive is it is that correct
1: c-reactive protein is that what
0: you said yeah that's made in the liver and it and it turn, tells the body to turn on inflammation and i think there's
1: mm-hmm.
0: another one that's like for cancer I, I don't know if it's c-reactive or e-reactive but there's like these two proteins the liver makes and it's the precursor to every single disease and when i saw that i was like then that means that it's totally preventable because if we can find out how we can not allow, like not trigger our bodies to create these proteins, then we won't feel all this inflammation.
1: That's right, that's right. I'm glad you brought that up, uh, inflammation, because that then also links to some of the um, debilitating things that we experience, like uh, arthritis and chronic back pain. Like I have so many people that come and complain of back pain. Um, so I I always link that too uh to nutrition. Uh sometimes it's from people um having too much drinks that they may have. Like again, I said avid Coca-Cola drinker um here. So um all these things that I speak of times from experience because I used to have chronic back pain too. Um, so it's so so much that goes on in our body that we can definitely have more control over, and just giving people the knowledge to know that they have. Um, They can take back control of their health and not look for um, myself as the physician to do everything or just to give them another prescription medication that just is turning off that signal in their brain and not necessarily um, working at the root of the problem, which is what we're putting in our body.
0: I love this. Thank you so much. How can, so for people who are listening to this for our matrix members that are like, oh my God, I want to make a change. They might have. There might be a morning, they're drinking like soda and having all these deli meats for breakfast. And they're like, wow, where do I start? How can we bring this knowledge home and make our food our medicine?
1: Yes. So we want to look at uh, like the nutrients that's in the food. So if we look at it and it looks like, um, I tell people, look at the ingredient list. So if you look at that and you're like, or you couldn't uh, make it at home, then you probably don't want to eat it. Right. So, um, I tell people add in, you know, fruits and vegetables to every single meal and tell people to rethink of how you think of like your meals, because most times people are like, how can you eat, you know, vegetables at breakfast time? Um, I was like, you can have a salad at breakfast. There's no rule in the book that your body says, I'm not going to eat salad at eight o'clock in the morning. That's just something that we're conditioned to think that we have to have like bacon and eggs or some people like, Oh, I don't want to eat oatmeal. And I'm like, oh, I love oatmeal. I do overnight <laughs> oats, but, um, I was like, you can have, you know, um, some sauteed kale and a sweet potato, which I've done before. I mean, so you can, you can get in the nutrients that you need. You just have to rethink it. Um, or you can do like, you know, some carrots and hummus. Like I love that. And most people are always like, well, I don't like the way healthy food tastes. And I was like, there's a reason why you don't like it, and that's because you're so used to extra things that the food engineers have put together, and everything is so, like I said, full of salt, sugar, and fat that you feel like it has to be that um, much burst in your mouth of flavor. But you can actually make healthy food taste that good too. You just have to reimagine, add in more spices, um, you know. So you, you can definitely do it. So. Um, you want to look at food as if it's, um, promoting health or promoting disease. And then you have to figure out, well, which one do you want to promote today?
0: (laughs) I love it. That makes it super, super simple for those on a grab and go diet. And I'm sure, you know, a lot of people who have this diet because I learned this term again from another nurse. And she was telling me like, it's so hard when you're a nurse to take care of your health because you just try to shove anything down your throat before on your short break, then run to the next patient. What can these, these practitioners do to make better choices when they have that short window of time?
1: Yes. Yeah, so preparation. Um, you have to actually be intentional about what you're doing. If you don't have it ready, then you're going to just go for whatever they have in the break room. So what do they usually have in there? Chips, uh, uh, cookies, a um, uh, patient's tell, tell me this, or why... Um, when we're in the healthcare system, they feed us pizza and donuts and they're like, what in the world is going on? So the first thing I would say is be intentional. If you actually bring your own meals in there and you have it and you have, you know, um, your salad or your your greens, or like I said, carrots and hummus or some type of raw veggie and a dip. If you have it there, you're more likely to grab it, an apple, an orange, something. And those are grabbing goes too, right? You can grab that, eat it real quick. Um, but I also would emphasize, which I know, um, like I said, my nurses, I um, definitely applaud you and thank you for the work you do, especially at this time, you're overworked, underpaid um, for what you do. But um, I emphasize to them that you have to care for yourself during these times. If something were to happen to you, I tell them all the time, if something were to happen to you and you break down and you end up in the hospital or you're at home, Um, uh, you know, in your bed, because you can't move, they're going to replace you, they're not going to think twice, they're going to have someone else in your shoes. So your family cannot replace you. So you take that time, you tell them, I'm going to sit here for five minutes, you know, emergencies come up, but there's not an emergency throughout the whole 12 hours, you sit there for your five minutes, or your 10 minutes, and you relax and you eat the meal to give you that strength and that energy to continue to continue to care for your patients because they need you healthy and they need you there, right? So again, I know I know how um, stressful it can be when you have people waiting for you and you feel like you have to keep going, keep going and keep going, but that's another thing, a mindset thing that I try to now emphasize to people that you can't do that you are not a machine. Take your time and care for yourself so you can care for others.
0: I love it. Thank you so much. Can you tell us about enlightenment and health and wealth?
1: Yeah, so um, I came up with that. Uh, that's the name of my um, corporation. Um, and from from it, I love um, health um, and wellness. Um, so most time when people read it, they think it's supposed to say health and wellness. Um, but what I've learned is that you need your physical body to be healthy, but you also need to be financially healthy. And I emphasize that because I've seen so many um, patients as they get older um, and living longer and they are struggling to either care for their health or struggling to care for their finances. And so I want to emphasize that we need both as we go through this through um, this uh, journey we call life, because um, if you are following what I'm saying as far as your health and wellness, um, if God willing, you would live to be like a hundred or something years old, <laughs> uh, and you need the finances to actually live in this world, whether it's uh, paying for your rent, a house, mortgage, you know, food, um because I just see the price of everything will continue to rise, and you want to actually have that. And if we are intentional about our health, we want to also be t- uh, intentional about our finances and make sure that we are saving for the the long term also. So, Eventually, um, we'll branch off from my uh, corporation will be a financial component. But at this point in time, we're focusing on the first part, um, health.
0: <laughs> that's marvelous. And you're so right. And you're such a help to the world. And I appreciate your service so much. I, I could tell that like, from the get-go, you're coming from a place of love. And that's super special. And I really hope that our members today find inspiration from you and your story. And you're right, because I recently interviewed somebody, his name is Spencer Bishens, and he's all about social security. That's his expertise. And he was saying that, you know, we are living so much longer now, especially those who are living the right way. The government is not prepared for that. Like our, it was, I think it was like around the 70s years old, they expected us to kind of like, you know, stop living. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And now people are living into their hundreds. So you're totally right. You know, you're totally right. And I love that you're, you're saying this because a lot of people in a spiritual community have this, you know, guilt of trying to accumulate wealth. And you, you, you bring grounding to their perspective because, you know, we have to be able to sustain ourselves. If we cannot sustain yeah. ourselves, we're of no, no help to others. So I love everything that you said today. That's
1: right. Yes. Thank
0: you so much. Yes, ma'am. So now I have three fun questions for you. It's our rapid fire.
1: Okay. Yay. Do you have a favorite type of exercise? Oh my goodness. My favorite exercise now is hiking. Mm. Um, Shout out to my 510 hiker family in the Bay area. Um, Never hiked before I moved to California, but oh my gosh, going out with them and um, seeing nature. um, It's a whole nother fitness level um, to go hiking because it's not just like hiking, looking at the trees. I mean, these people are the real deal. (laughs) Like they are hiking up different mountains. They go all over the country. Uh, different things. And uh, it de- just took my fitness level to a whole nother level, uh, working out with them. So uh, I'm not out as much as I used to. But at this time, that's still my, my favorite um, type of exercise to do. That's wonderful.
0: I love hiking. California hiking is another level. <laughs> it's like, amazing. Yes. yes. Yeah. What causes are you passionate about?
1: Oh, my! Um, I would say um, just health in general, especially for uh, young African American women, um just because that's where I was. So I love to talk with them and mentor them. so when, like they come to my office or I, uh, them, uh, just their overall being, um, just knowing how I was growing up, I just want to pour into them. Um, and let them know that um, life is not just high school or just college Um, and and just encourage them because it's just it's it's so much especially in this world today that goes on Um, and I I just do what I can and um, it, it seems like they're they're more inspired when they hear that there are people in the generation before them that still want to reach back and help them um, and not necessarily look down on them for the choices that they may have made or are making. Um, to remind them that we were there too, but that you can actually push through and make it.
0: That's so inspiring, and I I'm so happy to hear that. It's very true. Yeah. What's your favorite content gen- genre? Do you like horror, sci-fi, uh,
1: romance, and drama? I love it. <laughs> like this is. This is the time of year for a Hallmark Christmas movies. So uh, this that is my favorite. Like my family gives me such a hard time watching Hallmark. Um, but I love it. Like um, it's just like, you know, the story, how the story ends, no matter what story, how it begins. But um, I, I still just love that. It, it's just um, the, the uh, optimist in me at heart. I just know everything. It will always work out. Um, even though it seems like it's not going to, in the beginning, it's just, just love to see that. And Christmas is my favorite holiday. So, uh, I just love that. And That's- tonight is a new Christmas movie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's so beautiful. You're a beautiful soul, Amanda. I really appreciate your time today. Do you have- oh, thank you. Do you have any last uh, words of advice for our audience?
1: My favorite quote that I usually always leave people with is that you cannot out-exercise a bad diet. And that was a quote I heard um, as I was transitioning um, from vegetarian to plant-based eating um, that I tell everyone and just add in fruits and vegetables to every meal, you will definitely feel better. So thank you for having me, Samantha.
0: Absolutely. Thank you. To work directly with Amanda Adkins, check out her program, Enlightenment Health and Wealth. All links will be provided in the description below. Amanda's personal website is DrAmandaMD.com. All feedback is welcome and helps us serve our fellow Matrix members. To stay up to date with our Matrix mentors and what we have in store for you, bookmark our website and subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channel. It was great to have you with us on the Organic Matrix show, and we'll be seeing you on the following download.